So what's our topic today? Today our topic is all about feedback and criticism and the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. So we're going to be unpacking these terms and looking at a few examples. And if you are joining us live and you have any questions or you want to run any type of phraseology by us, feel free to do so. That's why we're here. That's why we're live, unscripted, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So feedback is an important is an important thing to, to have, right? I mean, if you think about it, feedback is one of the main ways of progress mm -hmm. and toward improvement. So without it, we would be, you know, I mean, I would be remiss to to not talk about progress in the context of feedback. So so I think that's an important um, mindset awakening to have because sometimes we think of feedback as just, you know, a hit to the ego. While we shouldn't because if we have that mindset shift or like I said, awakening, coming to the realization of the purpose of feedback, yep. then we can really start to look at it differently. Yeah, I agree. I, I, feedback is a critical part of um, getting better at whatever it is you're doing. And, for sure. um, you know, getting better means, yes, for yourself, performing at a higher level, but it also means uh, delivering more uh, whatever it is you're doing, right? If you're, if you're in a job, uh, it means you can do your job more efficiently, which benefits the company. Yep. If you work for yourself, it means uh, you're going to have better products, right? You're going to uh, be, you're going to have more, more satisfied clients. Right. So feedback is, it's one of these things that none of us really wants, at least uh, initially. Yeah. But once you sort of learn how to, to incorporate feedback into what you do in a way that makes you better, you start to really treasure feedback. Yeah, for sure. And um, it, it just helps you get a lot better. One of the reasons we uh, encourage participation during the lives is because that also helps us. Yeah. That's, that's a form of feedback, right? Definitely. Uh, when we hear what you guys are interested in, that lets us know what to talk about and what to dig into, what not to dig into. Yeah, because we could we could sit here and talk to you all day, uh, but but we're here to help you know improve some aspect of your social skills, right? right. Personal and professional. So and feedback falls into that category. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think a good place to start, like you're saying, yeah. is the delivery of it, right? Exactly. And yeah. understanding sort of what the dichotomy of, of feedback is, because there is good feedback, and then there's feedback that's not helpful. Yeah. And you really want more of the good stuff, because the not helpful stuff tends to, uh, you know, raise emotions and, and be counterproductive to improve right. it. And it could be a hit to the ego. So let's first talk about what to do when you receive the bad criticism, the non-constructive criticism, which would make it the destructive type of criticism. Or if you just want to be shorthand about it, criticism, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do, you, how do you make something that is not said in the nicest of ways something that you can glean as feedback? Mm. So for to do this, you really want to be able to kind of step outside of yourself and detach your the, the ego associated with whatever 
the criticism was about you or your work and really try to take a bird's eye view perspective on it to understand what is the, is there a kernel, one, is there a kernel of truth in this, right? Was that email written sloppily? Right. Was that project report sent out in haste? Um, so think about from a, an objective, and then this is very hard because it's about you or your work, right? Or some aspect that you were incorporated in. And figure out if there's something true to it. If it if there is, then you want to listen, right? Because then you can turn that into feedback. If it isn't, if it's not remotely anything to do with, you know, you or your work or just not true at all, um, it's patently false, as Gregory likes to say, then you can just disregard it, right? It's not feedback. It's nothing. It's just nonsensical language. But if there is some truth to that, think about, okay, so what can I, what's the teachable moment here? Should I double check my emails? Should I make sure that I've, you know, crossed my T's and dotted my I's before I sent that project proposal? Probably, yeah, you should, absolutely. So figuring out if there's something true to it. Yeah, so I heard kind of like two steps there. The yeah. first being identifying whether or not this is something I should listen to. Exactly. Something I should um, uh, treat as valid. Right. And I agree, taking the ego out of it Another way of saying it is to just not take it personally. Which is very right? hard to do. Exactly. Um, and the ego is really very central to that, taking it personally. Yeah. And we're all susceptible to this. Of course. Right? Because um, to us, when we hear criticism, it sounds like uh, it's an attack on who we are. Right. But m good feedback and in general criticism that, that helps you improve is not an attack on who you are. It, it's more so a, a judgment on what you did. Right. Right. And what you do isn't necessarily who you are. Um, and so by, by creating that separation, you can focus in a much sort of a more emotionally passive yes. way on what they're saying. So once you get to that point where you can hear what they're saying without having any kind of emotional rise, and that actually, the reality is it goes in both directions. Um, it can be a very complimentary piece of feedback that can sometimes inflate our ego. Right, exactly. Right? And an inflated ego can be as counterproductive as a sort of a deflated ego. Yes. Um, in that it's going to distract you from the, the, the teachable moment, as you said. Right. So by taking the, the ego and the emotion out of the, re the reception, right, receiving that feedback, you can then look in an objective way at what they're saying and start to, to, to determine, is this something I can take action on? Yeah. And if so, what's that action? Right. And then the next thing you want to do is ask them if it's not clear to you what that action, the next step, to it, the next step could be then you want to ask them and you can be as covert or overt, more so overt, uh, uh, as you want, right? If you don't really want to spell it out for them, you sort of want to nudge them in the direction of they giving you the next steps, then maybe that's the appropriate way of doing it in that context, right? It's always context specific. Communication is always context specific. So the way we, you know, work our message into it, the way we transmit the message, all of that, nonverbals and verbals combined, it really depends on the situation um, and, and to whom we're speaking, right? Mm. The participants. And so 
figure out what the next steps are. So you might already have that realization. You might already know, well, maybe the next step really just is to schedule the email of the newsletter a few days in advance so that the head of marketing doesn't, you know, get on your case about it um, or that you don't forget to do it. Or it could be something else, right? So if you don't know what that step is, ask them. And it, you could be blatant about it or not. That's up to, to you but you have to figure out what to do next, right? Because when we have that feedback, what are we supposed to do with it? Yeah, right? I, I love that idea of, of because oftentimes you'll, you'll hear something and you do wanna change, but you're not quite sure what it is. And oftentimes when people are giving feedback, they have an idea of how they want it to be. Yeah, They may not have articulate, and in fact, they often don't. They just, it's easier to give the criticism than to give the solution. Exactly. Um, and they don't necessarily have to know the solution, right? Right, right. But it, you can at least start a conversation uh, by acknowledging what they said, you kind of get them on your side. You 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 create a um, a level playing field for both of you to have a productive conversation about you know what next steps should be taken. Exactly. Um, and that's that's a very important part of feedback in general, right? Yeah. Feedback is only uh, useful if it's integrated into the sort of the output. Absolutely. Right. So. Right. If, if you get the feedback, but then you don't act on it, you're probably going to continue to just get that same feedback and frustrate the people giving it. Or yourself, right? You might yourself, find it right. frustrating too because yeah. you know that there's something that you could be doing, but you don't know what that action could be, right? So it's, it's really important to really do take the next steps um, in terms of feedback. Now, in terms of the criticism that is actually not criticism, it is feedback already, what does that look like? Well, it's a lot nicer, right? It's, it's said in a more collaborative way. It's using we language and us instead of I or you. Um, and so it's really important, right? The phrasing and the tonality and even the nonverbals that we're using really do influence the way the feedback is presented. If it's presented as feedback or if it's presented as criticism. Um, I see a couple of people are on here. I'm wondering, uh, Greg, you want to read those? Mm -hmm. And I wonder what you um, out there uh, have experienced with, with feedback and criticism, both on the receiving and giving end, right? We put out a video earlier about criticism, and then we put out a video this week about giving criticism. And a lot of you really like the Velvet Hammer method, which is really fun. Um, it's a great sort of like image, right? So what, what do you all think in terms of, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, so um, I agree with, with feedback, it's a lot, uh, giving feedback, the, the process of giving it is a lot about the quality of delivery. And um, to the extent that you can make it focused, we were talking before about how if you're receiving the feedback, you don't wanna take it personally. Well, as the person giving the feedback, you wanna make sure that it's not being delivered personally. And you mentioned don't yeah. use words like you. Instead, focus on the it, the, right? Whatever the action yeah. was or the, uh, the, maybe it's a, a PowerPoint that you're reviewing or a write-up or an email or whatever it is. Right. Focus on that, not the person, not the but person. what they did. Yeah. Uh, and collaborative language is also, like you said, very, very important because when, when you use we, uh, you know, we we probably want to do it this way as opposed to you should do it this way. When you use we, it just reinforces that everyone's on the same team here and that the, the goal isn't to call 
you know, the person out right. on what they did wrong. Right. It's instead to identify something that's suboptimal yeah. and to make it optimal. Um, and, you know, in, in the chat, there's a good point that sometimes feedback doesn't work. Sometimes yeah. giving it doesn't work. Sometimes the feedback uh, itself doesn't work. Right. And that's just sort of the nature of the iterative process of creation, so, right? right? Not Sometimes these things work, sometimes they don't. And by getting multiple pieces of feedback, you can start to triangulate uh, a theme as to what might work. So right? have multiple data points um, based on you know different aspects of whatever it is that you're dealing with, and figure out how to um, what direction to take it based right. on that data. What you're looking for is sort of a pattern. Yeah. From uh, the various people that you're collecting feedback from, and typically. If there's a pattern, right, they're all sort of saying something similar. They may all have five things to say, each yeah. of them, right? Yeah. And four of those things among those five people could be totally different. But there may be one thing among all five of them that was the same. Right, like a central theme. A central theme. And so the stuff that wasn't the same, maybe put that in the back burner. Maybe don't focus as much on that. But if there was that one thing that they all said that came up uh, that was similar, that unifying yeah. theme, yeah that's a pretty sure sign that it's something you should act on, yeah. right? That, that That's something you should uh, investigate further. Definitely. Um, and so that's a good way of uh, per, you know, reducing the, the chances of the feedback uh, being counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, or to say the opposite, it's, it's a good way to ensure that it is uh, quality feedback. Um, in terms of giving the feedback, uh, you know, if, if the person takes it personally, what do you do? Well, I think you have to really reiterate. Sometimes, like you said, it is an iterative process. So if your first attempt that they get really emotional and upset about it, that might be, you know, the onus is on both people, right? By that, I mean, it's the onus is on you in terms of your communication style and your delivery and the message that you're trying to transmit. But it's also on the other person, right? So you have to maybe give them some time for let it, to let it sink in. So you... This is what's so amazing about communication, right? We can read people's expressions and their micro expressions. So if you notice that they're starting to get really emotional and you haven't noticed that before in anything, in other exchanges and social interaction, then you might want to ease into it, right? You might not want to just like dump it on their plate, so to speak, um, immediately at the get-go. So if it doesn't seem to be working, then you then you really need to start take, picking up on those social cues and slowly, you know, explain it to them, walk them through it, and maybe wait a day, let them sleep on it, wait a day, and encourage them, right? And again, it's all about, you know, the collaboration. Um, it's about, you know, asking for their help. And that was part of the Velvet Hammer methodology about asking for help because you want to come to a solution together, Right. It's not about you need to fix this. You're not good. First of all, we don't want to call people out. That's absolutely horrible. Nobody f likes that. Right. Um, secondly, it's about coming to them and saying, look, I'm on the same team as you. Greg said earlier, it's about showing that you're on the same page as they really reiterating that and not making them feel less than not making them feel like their job is at stake. Right. So making sure that they have nothing to worry about provided that they have that growth mindset mentality, the adaptability, and that they want to put these changes in effect. Yeah, right? I think that's great. And 
um, you know. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> right? it's definitely not easy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really like your point about reading the person because different people have different capacities for receiving feedback, right? And some people are more prone to taking it personally. Yeah. Other people are very good at being sort of very objective. Exactly. And, um, Nonchalant. You know, people with thicker skins tend to take yeah. feedback uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and so by reading the person and, and sort of watching the facial expressions and also watching to the extent to, the extent to which they actually adopt your criticism, mm -hmm. you can start to understand, is this someone who's good at taking feedback or someone that's not as good at taking feedback. Yeah. And the other way I, I would say to, to get better at delivering the feedback is to, to ask for feedback. Once you start getting a lot of feedback from people, you'll see some people are great at giving it and other people just really struggle. Um, and you know, a question, uh, another question here was, what is destructive criticism? Well, some people without intending to, uh, their criticism is destructive. Yeah. And what destructive means is Think about the base word, right? Con constructive is like construction. You're yeah. building something. You're, you're making it bigger. Lifting it up. Right. Yeah. Destructive is like you're smashing it down. So destructive criticism is really uh, the, the, the purpose of it, or at least the effect of it, is... To make the other person to, feel badly. To make the other person feel bad, right? Well, that's what it looks like. The, yeah. But the effect of it is to make the situation worse. And right. what it looks like often is um, when the criticism is personal. Right when they focus on things that can't be changed, like your, you know, like your looks, your looks, right? your personality, your gender, yeah, your political alignment, whatever it is. Whatever that if they're focusing yeah. on things that are personal to you and not to your output, then you start to that you, that starts to get qualified as what we call destructive criticism. Right, and, and it tends to be an ad hominem, which is an attack on the person. Right, instead of pointing out something that they you know, that they did or they said, it's, it's, it's about attacking their, their sense of self and their self-worth yes. and their ego, right? It's an attack on the right. person. That is what's so destructive about it too, because it's often, as Greg pointed out, things that we cannot change about ourselves, right? Our past, where we grew up, where we went to school, you know, where we're from, all those things, right? Our cultural backgrounds, our, the languages we speak or we don't speak. Right. Um, so it's, it's really important to keep that in mind when you're giving, maybe you get feedback on how to give feedback, right? And that's, it, it's something not to balk at because a lot of times when you're in companies and you're working with people, you will be giving feedback and you'll also be getting feedback. So it is something to get better at, right? Yeah. And, and there's also this sort of nebulous area, this gray area, yeah. oh, um, that, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would call just, um, it's not destructive per se, but it's very unhelpful feedback. Yeah. And that's feedback where someone has criticism, but they don't really explain why they, they, they have it, right? You, you see this all the time in yeah. YouTube. You'll get just a random comment that's like, this sucks. Or, you know, like, <laughs> that was lame. You know? I would love to tell those people, well, why don't you try to make a YouTube video well, from start to finish? It's not just and, that. It's like, yeah. okay, that's your opinion. So what are the next steps? No, like, not even you... that. Before that. Yeah. It, it's okay. <laughs> that's your opinion. Why do you feel that yeah, way? It's like, what tell didn't me. you like? Yeah, right? Exactly. Elaborate. Yeah. Uh, go into a little bit of detail so that we can have a conversation. Yeah. If you have some criticism to give someone, if you have feedback to give them, that's great. Uh, make sure you know what it is you yeah. don't like. And if you don't know, 
then, then say that, right? It's okay to say, if you, if you really don't know why you don't like something, you'd say, look, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about this that isn't quite right. Right. We run this into this all the time, right? When we make thumbnails for, for uh, the YouTube videos, we're always running them by each other, trying to determine like, does this look good? Is this any good? And sometimes we'll look at it and we're like, there's something off, but, yeah, but I can't we don't put my really finger know on what, it. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay, right? You don't always have to have the answer to, to why you don't like it. But then state that so that there's a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. What you don't want to do is give the feedback and then walk away, right? And, and, and not explain why you felt that way. That's destructive and unhelpful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you do have some type of criticism or feedback, be prepared to be able to back it up, to be able to point to specific you know, um, you know, provide the proof, provide the data, right? That's that's how you get someone to help them understand, maybe to change their mind or to persuade them to do something or not do something. So provide the data and then have those next steps available. So you see, you need to have all those three things to be able to even give someone criticism or feedback. Because yes. um, yes. that's what makes it helpful. Otherwise, then just zip it right <laughs> don't say anything until you yeah until you feel until you feel you have enough yeah supporting exactly evidence to to, to give the feedback yeah um and that's that's the key feedback it's it's easy to give bad feedback it's hard to give good feedback and it's hard for all the reasons we just described right you need to be able to substantiate it you need to be able to deliver it in a polite non-confrontational way um which is why People who give good feedback are pretty rare. Yeah. Um, and they're really powerful to have. Some of the best authors in the world um, and directors, right, creative yeah. types, um, part of what makes them so good at what they do is some they have someone who's providing really good feedback. And it's often hard feedback, right? It's, it's feedback that they don't want to hear. Think about it. You just wrote... Um, a book. Yeah, a thousand-page yeah, manuscript. You committed a year to yeah. writing this book, and now suddenly someone has you know redlined it. Red all marks over. everywhere. Right, that's <laughs> really tough. Yeah. But because they had that person who was able to give that feedback, they can go back and, and, and mold it into something even better. Yeah, and you know, be on the New York Times bestseller yeah. list, right? Anything that you've read, any masterpiece um, that you've that you've encountered, guaranteed the person who created that had a really good critic in their corner yeah. and maybe maybe several. Yeah. Um, and we need those people, right? Yeah. So this is the other part, the other kind of tricky part about criticism. It's not something that you should actively avoid. Instead, you should seek it out. And in, in fact, you know, if you're someone who maybe doesn't have a thick skin or takes things personally, or I feel like that's so many people, right? I mean, <laughs> I've been there, done that, right? Um, Put yourself in those situations where you're constantly asking for feedback. It could be on anything. It could be on, you know, uh, work-related things and non-work-related things. Talk to people you trust. Speak to, you know, your inner circle and, and, and get their, you know, pulse on, on certain things so that you can build that stamina and also the momentum for being able to receive that criticism. And also, the cool part about this is that you yourself become better at giving criticism. Because once you start seeing how people are giving criticism and providing feedback, then you'll also notice what they, you know, how they say things and maybe what you would change about how they say things or the way um, something is presented to you. 
Yep. So it's really interesting how that, you know, works. And this all is possible through social interaction, virtual or in real life. But, you know, virtual works just as well. Yeah, and that's actually very related to another question that came up, which is how, in what form should it be delivered? It's, it's actually a great question because there are a bunch of different ways you can give feedback, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, at, at, at a high level, it can be written uh, or it can be verbal. Yep. Um, but even within those categories, there are a bunch of subcategories, right? Verbal, does that mean over the phone? Does that mean in person, right? Video chat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it's written, does that mean in email form, longhand? Does it mean a right? long letter, <laughs> or or is it just like Post a short card. comment? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are many, many different ways to give feedback, and actually, a lot of collaborative tools nowadays make it very easy to give feedback. Yeah. And it is context dependent, right? Always. What you choose to do really depends on um, how intimate you want the feedback to be, how close you are to that person, exactly. right? How uh, urgent it is, yep. um, how much detail you need to go into. Yeah. There's, I wouldn't say that any of those, I don't know your, what your opinion is, but I wouldn't say any of those is right or wrong. Yeah. I think it really depends on uh, the context. I'm, I'm gonna echo what Greg says here because like I said earlier, communication is always context dependent. And um, in fact, there are two videos that come to mind. Uh, one is the Delheim speaking model that you should definitely check out after this. Um, and the second one is the communication channels, where we break down each type of communication channel that we use in the 21st yeah, century. And you know why you would choose one medium over another dependent on the message, right? So all of that is about context. So I'm someone who loves face-to-face -face communication. I love it. I get you know an endorphin rush from it. I love just being around people. I love social interaction. That's why we created this channel. Anyway, so I'm one of those people who really will always, any chance I get, if I can meet the person face-to-face -face or virtually face-to-face, -face, right? So I can see nonverbals, at least half of them, right? Then, <laughs> then I, would, I would opt for that personally because that is my personal preference. But that's not to say that I don't first run through my other options, my communication channel options, right? Because it's about the, the participants, it's about the context, it's about the context of your message, right? What kind of message are you delivering? Are you delivering good news, not so good news, feedback, what kind of feedback? Um, and then also how the you have to keep in mind the audience, right? Mm. Who are the participants? Who are you speaking to? How? What's their personality like? Are they someone who will take feedback very well and be like, yes, okay, boss, I will get to that right away. Or are they gonna be like, mm, I don't know, like, what do I do? Right. So you, it's so complex. And that is the beauty of it, really. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm just getting so excited talking about this. Um, so check out those two videos because it will help you understand, you know, what kinds of tools you have at your disposal. Yeah, I, that's great. And I, I, I would say, um, for me personally, yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I, to the extent that I can make it more intimate, I will, right? Um, because the, the more resolution I can communicate my feedback in, the less likely they are to take it personally. Because you know they'll they'll be. Uh, I, I basically I can fine tune my feedback more effectively. So if possible, right? Something like video chat uh, is great. Definitely. Um, because you can see their face. Yeah. Uh, they can see your face, and you can deliver. They can see if you're smiling, joking, right? You can add a little humor and emotion and humanity into it. Um, person to person, if you can, 
right? Uh, that's difficult now. It's also in general pretty time consuming. Yeah. Um, but if it's something important, if it's something that took you several hours to review, um, and it's something that is is uh, where the stakes are high, then yeah, see if you can meet in person and, and have that conversation in person. It's just the higher resolution you can go, the more sort of dynamic the conversation's going to be. Um, but sometimes if, if, if the, you know, if it's urgent yeah. and you just need to get something off, exactly. that's where email is helpful and you can explain your reasoning, but there's not going to be as much of a dialogue and you have to keep that in mind. So if, if they're starting to, if, if they want to sort of ask for follow-up questions, you get into this situation where you have this long email chain of back and forth. Exactly. If you can get on a phone call, at least, uh, you can sort of answer a lot of those questions real time. Uh, and smooth out any of the yeah. the rough edges that comes with giving feedback. Yeah. So, uh, no no perfect answer there. It's it's really context dependent, and and gauge what type of person uh, is going to be receiving the feedback, and sort of uh, how involved is the project? How how uh, concisely can the feedback be conveyed? Right. And sometimes we don't really have a choice. Right. It has to be through. The internet or on on the phone uh, because if we're working with like offshore teams or uh, people scattered across multiple different geographic locations also a beautiful thing right we have this interconnectivity globally speaking uh, love that sometimes we don't have a choice but to speak to them through these virtual uh, medium yeah uh, and so in that case like you want to really be very very deliberate about your feedback so if it's about the font tell them what to replace the font with if it's about you know a color that you're not crazy about give them a, so be very over communicate yeah over communicate if it's so that you can really smooth out those edges and leave nothing open to interpretation otherwise they're going to get confused and you know it won't be it'll just result in a long back and forth that was not necessary to begin with. Right, exactly. Being prescriptive with feedback is is um, very helpful. Yeah. Um, at the same time, demonstrating or, or at least keeping the tone conversational uh, allows uh, a, a clear back and forth. And it makes it basically conversational so that it doesn't feel like uh, it's an order. I mean, look, if you're the manager and, and you need it done a certain way, sometimes you, know, you need to be very prescriptive and yeah. say, this is how it's done. Uh, if you're, it's more of a peer, right? If it's someone who's on your level or someone who's above you, you do wanna sort of make the emphasis that this is a suggestion, right? This isn't do it this way. It's right. one, one way you could improve this from my perspective is to do this, yeah. right? So, so presenting it more so as a hypothetical yeah. as opposed to a must do right. uh, can can be a little, it can be effective at sort of smoothing out any kind of hierarchical conflict or friction yeah. that, that could exist. So- um, That's it, a very good point. Yeah, it's, it's just, you, again, it's giving feedback, like you're saying, is, it's, it's very um, nuanced, right? You really do need to understand the context, understand who it is you're talking to, um, and, and how they're going to receive it in order to tailor this. There's just, there's no silver bullet of yeah. how to give the feedback. Yeah, it's never a one-size-fits-all with communication. It's never a, I'm just going to use the example of how are you, just to say how are you and get the same exact response. I mean, we do in this case because it's so, <laughs> it's so formulaic, right? Yeah. How are you? Fine, things. How are you? There's another video about that actually yes, come to mind is. about how to not just answer 
by thanks and you, because we're not <laughs> robots, right? But the point that I'm trying to make here is that, um, you know, you do have to think about so many different things if you want your message to be transmitted effectively. And in this specific case, the message is the feedback, right? And ultimately, the, the you know, improvements the person will make or know to make because of that feedback, yep. right? Now, don't let all this paralyze you. Yeah. What no. I'm concerned about is that now everyone's going to think, oh, well, giving feedback is so difficult. I just won't give it. Give it. Give feedback. Yeah. Just start to keep these things in mind uh, as you give the feedback, right? Start to think a little more holistically about the context yeah. and the person as you give the feedback, and you'll get better at it. You don't have to ace it, right? You're not being graded on your quality of your feedback. But the better feedback you can give, the more grateful that person's going to be, the better output there's going to be. If you're on a team, the better uh, uh, functioning the team will be. And uh, it, it also, as you give better feedback, you're able to receive better feedback. Absolutely. As you receive better feedback, you're able to give. It's this beautiful, virtuous cycle. Yeah. So by do giving giving feedback and, and receiving feedback in a very deliberate and thoughtful way, yeah. uh, everything about your communication with people and your output is going to improve. Yeah. And the one last thing that I'll say on this is if you have personal anecdotes that you can share with the person to help them understand that maybe you were that intern at one point, you know, summers ago, and what you learned from them, taking a more like mentor-mentee approach to it can also be really effective, right? Speaking yep. from your own experience on a similar issue or a similar, you know, um, feedback type um, situation, I think they'll really appreciate that. Um, I certainly would. I, I would love to, you know, be able to see that someone cares enough, right, to, to share something about them and how they overcame that very same obstacle, right? We all love these kinds of stories. So personal anecdotes can also go a long way yeah. with this. Absolutely. Contextualizing. All right, guys. So we're running up with time here. If there are uh, any final questions, feel free to shoot them in to the... Uh, Interactive chat, lots of activity yep. today, so that's and awesome. We'll follow guys. up with you uh, in uh, future videos and yeah. comments and so forth. So, yeah, thanks for being so active today. Um, loved loved the, the conversation, and we look forward to doing more of this next week. Yeah, I love, yeah, exactly. It's a conversation, so yep. keep it up. <laughs> All right, everyone, happy exploring.